If you have your Bible tonight, turn, if you will, to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, chapter 3. This is going to read two verses uh, tonight. Daniel chapter 3. Matthew talked about this story um, the other, the last time that he preached. Preacher covers the whole Bible every time he preaches. So um, we heard a little bit about it when the, in these last few sermons in the church. And um, I began to prepare and uh, to get ready um, because the preacher told me to always be ready, and I was just preparing and studying and thinking, and and uh, I read a story, and uh, in that story, um, he talked about. Uh, let's just suppose that things don't go well, and uh, it really it really helped me, and uh, I thought, well, you know, that's just for me. Um, that's, that's, this is just for me. God's given me something to help me. And so, uh, I, but I went ahead and prepared it. And I thought, well, I'll never use this. Uh, and yesterday, Michael Tomlin and I went to a uh, preacher's fellowship. And there was a man there. He was 69 years old. And uh, before I go any further, I just want to stop right here and say, I, I don't want to hurt anybody tonight. It's not my lot to hurt you tonight. If there's something in your life, if that's something, if things aren't going so well, and things are in your life, whether it's sickness, or whether it's financial, or whatever it may be, it's not my lot to hurt tonight, but it is my lot to, to help and to encourage tonight. Because this story uh, that I'm, I'm going to use here in just a minute, hit pretty cl- it's going to hit pretty close to home to some. But it's not my lot to hurt you or to bring up anything that would, would hurt. So I'm just going to stop right there and I'm going to go into the scripture. Here in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 17, the Bible says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. He said there in verse 18, but God's either going to deliver us, but God, but if he, if he don't, we're still not going to serve your God. We're still not going to bow down to your image. We're still not going to follow that that you set up. We're just going to stay with God. No matter what the outcome is, we're just going to stay with God. They couldn't see the outcome. They didn't know what lay ahead, but they said, we're just going to go with God. Let's pray. Brother Michael Tomlin, how about you praying for us? Father, we thank you for the evening you give to me to Yes, dear God. 
Amen. Amen. Here, in, I didn't take time to read that whole story because it's, it's very familiar and we've heard some about it here in the, last, in the last few services. But here in Daniel chapter 3, up to this point, the Hebrew children, they were in a strange, ungodly land. Uh, the people worshipped idols. The king signed a decree that all that would uh, not bow and worship his 90-foot-tall idol would uh, uh, be cast into the fiery furnace. And... Uh, all the people around was looking here at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and as they looked upon them, they, they saw that uh, you know, they just wasn't going to bow. So the king commanded them to bow or to be cast into the furnace. And they refused and said, Our God in whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. They were cast into that fiery furnace. But they were unharmed. Let's say tonight they would have never saw Jesus, as was just mentioned earlier, that if they hadn't have been in the fire. They would have never got to be there with him and alongside him and been there in the midst of the fire with him unless they had been there in the fire. But they come out, they had no hurt, and the, the Bible said there, and the form of the fourth was likened to the Son of God, and and the king saw this and he reversed his command and all those who were drafted this, uh, this thing were cast into the furnace and these, the king had then made a new decree that no one could say anything against the Hebrew God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, and looking back through the first couple chapters of Daniel, you see that uh, Daniel and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they were there in uh, uh, Jericho, and Nebuchadnezzar comes in, besieges the city. He takes them, and, and they take a stand, and they take them because they're smart. <laughs> they're not a bunch of dummies. Uh, and he had them there for a purpose. And they said, you know, we're just going to stay with God. We're not going to partake of the king's meat. We're, gonna, we're just going to stay where we've been, and we're going to keep going the way we've been going. And you know that story. And now the furnaces, uh, they've, they've not bowed and they didn't bend and they didn't, uh, they wouldn't go down to what the king said for them to do. So now they've been cast into the fiery furnace and, you know, they've been told they're going to be cast into the fiery furnace. Let me back up just a minute there and say that. And you know, now, you know, it was bad, but it was about to get worse. They were about, they were taken from their homeland. And they were in a place they didn't necessarily want to be. But now, as looking this way, it's about to get real worse. They're about to face a fiery furnace. They're about to go something through something that they didn't plan for, they didn't expect. But even though they didn't plan for it, they didn't expect it, they said, well, uh, if, if be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he'll deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, in other words, they weren't going to change who they were. And God don't want us to change who we are because we're living in a world that's turning from God. God don't want us to change who we are as a, as a person. God don't want us to change uh, the church as what He has set up. God don't want us to change the Word of God. Or God don't want to change uh, the plan that He's put in place. And God don't want you and I messing around with what He's already done. He just wants us to believe it and to live by it. And when it comes time to, to die by it. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing here with the king, and the king's saying, either you bow or you're going you're to be cast into this furnace. Well, now things aren't going so well, are they? And as the story I started to, 
uh, was telling you just a little bit about yesterday as I, I got this read and I thought, man, this is just too boring. I'm not going to, you know, this, this is something not an air that, this is for me. And yesterday, me and Michael went down there and uh, heard some fine preaching and then there was, we had, we had heard three already and usually by that time, uh, you know, it's dinner time. Uh, you know, where's the hot dogs at? It's time to go. <laughs> and uh, and this man, before the pastor of the church that we were at, had asked, request prayer for this man's wife. His wife's name is Miss Nellie. And um, she's at home. And uh, she has cancer. And they've told her, her caretaker comes in just a few days ago and says, Miss Nellie, why don't we go shopping? She said, well, she said, uh, you know, I just... She said, well, I know you love to shop, so why don't we just go shopping? She said, well, you know, I just, I just don't, I just, I just don't think I, I want to go. I just don't really feel like it. She said, well, we'll help you. We'll get people to help you because we know how much you love it. And she said, well, maybe I'll go at a later time. And her caretaker just simply told her, Miss Nellie, you got about maybe five and not over ten days to live. And... She turned her head and looked at the night table beside of her bed. And there was a picture of her family there on that table that had already gone. Her dad, her mom, her brother, I think maybe a sister or two. And she looked over at him. She said, I'll see you in a few days. That's what she said. By the words of her husband. And... The caretaker said, uh, well, Miss Nellie, we, you know, if you want to go, we want to, because we know how much you love it. She said, no, I just want to, you know, I just want to stay here and, and uh, just want to just be at home. And I, got, I listened to that man's story. And uh, not really a story, it was his life. He's living it. He's living He's living this. This is today. This is this was happening yesterday in his house. This was, and yet yesterday, he was at this preacher's meeting, and he's standing up before a room of about probably somewhere between forty to sixty preachers, and he preaches on Revelation chapter one, on what Jesus looks like, and he's talking about the beauty of Jesus, and how his his face, his hair, and his skin, his feet. And he describes it much better than I could ever do it. And I, I told Michael, coming up the road, I said, they just told his wife she's about to see Jesus and he's up here preaching to us what she's going to see when she stands before him. And uh, I tell you, that just, that just really touched my heart. It just really touched my heart. And... Uh, and I got to thinking of coming up the road and about about this right here. You know, some days things just don't go well. They've been married, I think he said, how, how many years, Michael? Uh, he was, I think it was 47 years. And she loved the Lord and she come from a good family and, and yet he's up there and he comes, he gets an opportunity to preach and... and uh, and there's one thing that most preachers don't want to preach to, and that's a room full of preachers. 
Because you're talking about feeling critiqued and criticized and rebuked and everything else. You think, man, they're just getting me. They're saying, no, he didn't do that little, he didn't do that homiletic stuff and he didn't do this and that and the other and, and you know, and, and they're judging me. But he wasn't caring about none of that. He was just talking about Jesus. Telling us who his wife's fixing to meet. Telling us how he longs to see him and to be there with him. And it was just amazing to me that somebody was, to me personally, I went to see another man that was living the same message, that was living this. And I thought about some of y'all, even in my own family, me and uh, in my family, me and Karen and, and Talisha and Aaron and Josh and Chelsea and, and our family, Miss Tina back there and her mom and, and our families and and some of y'all, that the things that you're going through, you know, some sometimes things just don't things just don't go. So we didn't order some of the things that's in our life, brother George. We don't order that phone call that comes. We don't order that time whenever we go to the doctor, as my uncle did, and they said, "Oh, you've got uh, you've just got bronchitis. You take this and go home, and you'll be all right in a little while. Three months, he's dead." And we don't we don't always we always plan for things to go well. We always plan and look up, and certainly we should. Praise God. We don't want to crawl in a hole somewhere, live in a life of doom, and live, in a, live a life. God don't want us to go crawl under a rock somewhere and say, I can't move, I can't have a being because I'm so afraid. God don't give us a spirit of fear, but He gives us a spirit of thanksgiving. And the fact, she was thankful. She's fixing to see her family. God, she's already making plans to leave. Her family's brokenhearted and kind of, but He's ready to go. He's excited. Even the pastor of the church said, Miss Nellie's been walking up and down the river for a few days trying to find a place to cross over. And man, they were excited about, about her uh, going to be with the Lord because she's in suffering and she's in pain and she loves the Lord and she wants to see her Savior and, and she's just excited and, uh, about what's going on there. And you know, uh, I was thinking about that and thinking about the, this man and, and what he's going through and what's going on in some of the families in our church and people are suffering their own self and, and just to think, man, sometimes things just don't go well. Sometimes things don't go like we planned. Sometimes we, but God says, tomorrow we should say, well, if it's your will, we'll do this or we'll do that. And, you know, we look back through the Bible and we see many in the Bible that God said, uh, uh, God said He would deliver them. And they look back in, in their life and, and they said, but if not, well, we're just going to go with God. And just to think about, you know, some other folks in the Bible that just maybe things just weren't going so well for them all the time. God told Noah there, he said, uh, uh, I will obey him. You know, uh, these are some men here, some folks in the Bible. Man, when their time come, when that thing come that things just wasn't going so well, God told Noah, you know, you build an ark. Well, God, it's never right. What's rain? And for 120 years, Noah built an ark. Him and his family built an ark for the rain, because the floods were coming. They'd never even seen it rain. And no doubt they laughed at him and mocked at him and made fun of him. But the Bible says in Genesis 6 and 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And in verse 22 of that same chapter, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Noah said, I'm, no matter if the crowd don't go, if I have to do it by myself, I'm still going to obey him. I'm still going to do what he said for me to do. I've never seen it rain, but God said build a boat, so I'm going to build a boat. 
And Noah just obeyed God. Now, things was going good. But man, no doubt whenever he started building that ark and people were laughing, at him, what are you doing, Noah? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? What are you building a boat that big for? Who are you taking with you? You know, uh, who knows what all just was said. But no doubt Noah had some days things just didn't go well. He probably cut some pieces for that ark. It maybe necessarily didn't fit too good. You know, sometimes if you work in wood, sometimes you'll cut it twice and it's still too short. Nobody didn't get that, did they? But sometimes things just don't go so well. But Noah said, but if they don't, I'm still going to obey. I'm still going to obey God. So Noah said, I will obey him. Now there's another man in the Bible. Things didn't go so good for him. They started out just fine. Uh, but Abel said, I will worship him. In Hebrews 4 and 11, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. Abel learned something from mom and daddy. Abel learned that there's got to be some shedding of blood. You give an up, there's got to be some shedding of blood. He saw the, the animals are being slain, the blood was shed, and, and so Abel said, I'm going to worship him. And even though Cain didn't understand, Cain bought the works of his hands and the fruit of the ground. He bought what, what he had worked up, and God wasn't pleased with it. And so Abel just simply said, Cain, I can't help what God does with you, but I'm just going to worship him. I'm going to do what I know I'm supposed to do. And brother, that's all you and I can do is what we know what God has told us and instructed us to do in his word. And that is to, to obey him and to worship him. And let's move a little further. Noah said, I'll obey him. Abel said, I will worship him. Now here's one, Mr. Moses. Exodus 13 and verse 21, And the Lord went up before them by day, by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them, by the, lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. Moses said, if things ain't going well, I'm still going to just, I'm still just going to follow God. You remember he comes down, he's on the back side of the desert, God's dealt with him, he's taken him to the back side of the desert, he comes and there's the burning bush and God gives him instructions on what to do. And God tells him, there's going to be some problems. Everything's not going to go, uh, you know, everything's not going to go perfect. And he said, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, and this is what's going to happen. Don't you imagine sometimes after about 12 times, Noah's, I mean, Moses is getting kind of wore out. And thinking, you know, and all the things that they suffered, all the things that they went through there, and waiting and waiting and dealing, and they had suffered down there in Egypt. And God had told Moses and instructed him, I was thinking about uh, whenever he went up on the mountain. You know, he went up there and he talked to God. And when he come down, his face was changed. And the Bible says he talked with God face to face. You know, when after he talked with God face to face, you don't find Moses arguing with God no more. He comes down and he said, hey, I'm just going to follow him. He goes over and he tells Pharaoh, God said this, this, and this. And Moses didn't back up. And whenever he was leading the children of Israel and now they're delivered from, from the land of bondage and God's delivered them and he slew Pharaoh's army and he was still suffering with the fussing and the bickering and the going-ons and the clamorings going on with the children of Israel. Well, let's go. He just brought us out here to die. We're going to thirst to death. We're going to starve to death. 
Kind of like us whenever whoever's driving the van won't stop at McDonald's. Amen. Lord God. We're going to starve to death. Do like these women. Stop at Cracker Barrel. The van pulls off the road a whole lot faster for Cracker Barrel. Amen. You got to be in it to understand that, don't you? But Moses said, I'm just going to follow him. Things didn't always go good. But he said, I'm just going to follow him. So we look at these these, these folks right here and we say, well, you know, things didn't always go well for them. But Noah said, I'm just going to obey him. Abel said, I'm just going to worship him. I'm just going to follow him. No matter what happens, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what God said for me to do. So let's look at number four here. Joshua says, I will serve him. If he, whether he delivers me or not, I'm just going to serve him. He said in Joshua 5 verses 13 and 15, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as cast captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord? unto his servant. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place where thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua said, What saith the Lord unto his servant? Joshua completely was surrendered unto the Lord to serve him and do whatever God would have him to do. You remember the story how he led in the battle and what a great uh, warrior he was. And we look and we see that all of these folks could have made a choice to say, no, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to have my way. I'm going to have my pity party. I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter, no matter who gets mad and who likes it and who don't. But they didn't. And you and I are benefiting tonight from the acts of Noah, from the acts of Abel, from the acts of Moses, from the acts of Joshua, you and I are still benefiting from the obedience of these men that just said, if things does go bad, I'm just going to go with God. I'm just going to go with God. Sometimes things come in our life, they're bigger than we are. Money can't fix them. Money can't fix them. Actions can't. We can't work our way out of it. We can't go, we can tell everybody in the country, but there's nothing they can do about it either. And there's only one that we can go to and bring our problems and our troubles to whatever it is and take it to God. And then God will, God will, God will take care. He'll say yes or he'll say no or he'll say wait. And sometimes, you know, we talked about this many, many times. The preacher told that waiting business. Oh, dear soul. I mean, you know, just do something, God. But God says, no, just going to wait. Just gonna, we're just going to wait. And tonight, you know, sometimes when things just don't go well, here in the scripture that we read, the three Hebrew children said, but if not, King, we're just going to go with God. And folks, we're living in a land today, we're living in a nation today that's turned its back on God, turned its face on God, and we're going to see things in this nation, folks, that we've never thought, we think it's bad now, but it's going to get a whole lot worse. Do you know why I'm no, I'm no prophet? I don't have to be a prophetic preacher. All I got to do is understand this Bible. And it says God says it's going to get worse and worse and worse. 
and the worse it gets, the more we need to God. We need to get to God. And, the, and the, the closer we need to get to God, the more obedient we need to get to God, the more we need to worship Him, the more we need to follow Him, the more we need to service Him, serve Him. And then number five is the more we need to witness for Him. John the Baptist said, if think, things may go bad. Things might not be going well. But I'm still going to go with him. He's locked up in prison. They're fixing to take his head off. And Matthew 3 and 1 said, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. That was his whole ministry. That was his whole message. Was prepare you the way of the Lord. And folks, that's the same message God wants us to declare today is preaching Jesus, teaching Jesus, living Jesus, and walking with Jesus, and being obedient to Him, worship Him, follow Him, serve Him, and witness for Him. Because folks, things ain't always going to go well. It's easy to tell people how much you love Jesus standing in the church. It's easy to be amongst God's people and stand up and sing a song. But when that song really counts... It counts here. But where it really counts is when you're on the job. Where it really counts is when you visit a hospital room or whatever, when you get that phone call that changes your world. When, that, when things don't go so well, that, that stand that you take for Jesus, that's when, we, that's when God really becomes real in our life. He's not just somebody that we talk about. He's not just somebody that we hear preached about. He's not just somebody that we go to Sunday school and hear them, the teacher uh, stand up and teach about. But they be, He becomes very, very real. And God was very, very real here to Noah. He was very real to Abel and Moses and Joshua. He was very real to John the Baptist. Jesus, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God. He laid his eyes on him. God, can you imagine the privilege that God gave him to lay his eyes on the very Lamb of God? We lay our eyes on him today by, through eyes of faith and believing that he is who he said he is. And he is who he said he is. He is who he said he is. He is real. And folks, just as sure as you and I are sitting here tonight, he's coming again. Just as sure as you're in here tonight, not one jot and not one tittle of his words going to change for no man or for no woman or for no nation or for no world. God is God. So when things don't go well, Noah said, I'm just going to obey him. Abel said, well, when things don't go well, I'm just going to worship him. Moses said, well, when things don't go so well, I'm just going to follow him. When things don't go so well, Joshua said, I'm still going to serve him. If you and I spent the rest of our life thanking Him for what He's already done, we would, never, we would never even scratch the surface of what He's already done. You're going to heaven tonight. Why don't we just get over everything else? My cousin's husband asked me one time, you mean if I get saved, God will, God will give me a new car? I should have said, yeah, a Pinto. But couldn't tell him a lie. But folks, when you get close to God, when, you, when you, we get our eyes fixed on Him, all that matters is Him. That's all that matters. I saw a blind man yesterday stand and preach. He took his message he had typed out. He said, I've got it typed out in big enough letters that I can read it. And he held it right here. 
And the amazing thing about it is he may have read two words off of that paper and then he laid it down and the rest of the three-point message came from his heart. Ricky Cochran, you heard him on the radio? He's legally blind. And he's legally blind. <laughs> he's blind. But I, I, it's just amazing. The heart. The heart. That the, the heart. That he, God was so real to him. God, when God gets so real, we talked about even our Sunday school last week. When, when these folks, got, they saw God, it changed their life. And then the last thing Paul said, well, when things don't go well, and man, we read the story of Paul, man, he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was left for dead, he was snake bit. Man, most of us go half through what Paul, no, we wouldn't even get started on what happened to Paul, we'd be running under a rock somewhere and say, man, this servant God business is for, let the preacher do it. <laughs> let somebody else do it. But Paul said, in first, second Timothy 4 and 7, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, and I've kept the faith. Man, what a testimony. Here, Paul's on the backside. These are not men that said, I'll go through it. I'll, I'll do right. I'll do my thing and I'll make it through it. These men went through it. And things didn't go well. But they said, I'm going to obey him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to witness for him. And John said, I will love him. You remember the scripture there? Now therefore was laying on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Talking about John. John 19, 26, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. John said, When things don't go well, I'm, I'm still going to love him. And folks, what purpose, what, what do we hope to gain by getting mad at God? What do we hope to gain? When, things, when those things come in our life, that when things don't go so well, he seems to be the first one we get mad at. We'll blame our wife or our husband or our children and then we get mad at God. God, why didn't you fix them? Maybe God wanting to fix me and you. About every time I ever get mad at Karen, God fixes me. And I'm kind of like with her toward I was with my daddy. God, why don't you wear her out? Why I got to take the beating? I told a preacher, he's getting about that way. I said, every time I come to you, you turn it on me. Now, that's a good thing. Don't you think I'm doing something bad up here? But because he's trying to teach us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to help me. He's trying to help you. And that's what God was, this, this lesson of this, these men, that the lesson that God wanted these men to say, hey, Noah, you, stay, you just obey me. I'll take care of you. Can you imagine what Noah's seeing today? Abel just said, okay, things ain't going so good, but I'm going to stay with you, God. And man, can you imagine the worshiping that Abel's are doing today? He's in the same heaven we're going to, folks. We're going to get to talk to him. You remember the Old Testament, Adam, and then we read, you read on over there, and that was Enoch and you, you study out those dates. Adam's still living. Enos getting to talk with the man that God created from the dust to the ground. You and I are going to see Jesus one day. You and I are going to see all these folks that's in heaven and those that said, hey, things don't go so good. Whether, 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 whether he delivers us or not, we're just going to stay with him. We're just going to stay with him. 
Sometimes we think, well, why don't this battle end? Why don't, why don't we go, why, where's the end of this thing at? Well, maybe God just ain't done yet. And sometimes we'll come through things and, and then next thing you know, bam, right here comes something else. God just wasn't done yet. But if we say, you know, God, no matter what comes my way, I, I just got to stay with you. Because I've learned there's nowhere else to go. There's nothing, Folks, the world don't want you. They'll convince you that, that they want you. The, the devil will convince you that you've got friends in the world. But those friends want to pull you away from God and tire you down and get you far enough, just away, just get you far enough away from the herd, just like that old wolf does. When he gets that little old lamb far enough away from the herd, what does he do? He takes it out. He takes it out. And that's exactly what Satan does. And he's a master at it. And we fall for it just like hook, line, and sinker sometimes. And we'll get mad at God and say, God, why did you do this? God, why are you doing that? God, why this? Why that? Why? why? God, you know, I've tried to be faithful all these years. But folks, what have we learned? If we learned anything, is we're always going to be students. We're, all going, we're children of God. We're not going to reach... God's, we're still going to be growing until He takes us to heaven. And when we get there, we're going to be complete. We're going to be exactly the way God wants us to be. But they all said, just let it be known that we're just going to serve God no matter what happens, but if not. And folks, that's where God wants us to get to. But if not. Okay, things ain't going so good. But if not, I'm still going to stay with God. Sickness is in my family. And I just don't understand. But... I'm just going to stay with God. Our finances are a mess. I lost a job. There are no jobs. But if you just stay with God, if you just stay with God, and sometimes people say, well, you know, well, that's easy for you to say because you've got a job. Folks, any one of us sitting here, we ought to be very, very thankful for what God has given us, our jobs. And quit fussing, griping, and complaining about the ones we have because you may just not have one. You could not have one. And be thankful for what God has given us. And be thankful for what... Because you could be without one tomorrow. You could be without a job tomorrow. It's nothing anymore for companies to send out letters and tell you, uh, we're done. They don't even apologize for it. <laughs> they just say, we're done. We're closing the doors. And folks, it's our time to say, my God is able to deliver me, but if not, be it known that I will still trust Him. I will still trust Him. But the hours are long and they're hard and, and it there's just seems like there's just no end to it. But my God is still able to deliver me. And if not, I'm still going to trust Him. Folks, sometimes we think that things should be so easy. When Karen was pregnant with Josh, the doctor said, we're going to give you every opportunity to have him. They induced her labor at 9 o'clock in the morning. She grunted a few times. She said, oh, 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 that's it. That's all I can stand, doctor. Take him. That's it. Remember? At 6.45 that evening, she's down to she can't even grunt. I'm laying out in the, and I've told you this story before, I'm laying out in the waiting room. She done slapped my face, called me every name but a white man, and, and I'm laying out there. And me and my mother-in-law, we've done been banned from the room. And another lady in our church, uh, 
She's the only one that Karen will even let in there. You know when women get pregnant and they'll slap the man and accuse you of putting them in there? At, I never forgot that. I saw bells and whistles and angels and all that other stuff, but man, that was ooh, probably still red. But And that evening when she come by, they brought her by and she's just And I thought, man, he meant what he said. He's going to give her every opportunity to have that baby. But she couldn't. But he gave her every opportunity. And you know, sometimes God will bring us down to we can just barely grunt to help us to understand. Now, you, now that you can see that you can't, I will. And brother and sister, I believe that's right where God has our church. Okay, now that you finally saw you can't, now I'm going to. And folks, we just got to, no matter what happens, we just got to believe, believe God. Believe God. We just got to believe Him. Because He said, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake you. So be it known unto others that we're just not going to forsake Him because He said He's not going to forsake us. Okay, God, you said you're not going to quit, so I'm not going to quit. And just believe Him. We'd be like Job. Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. And sometimes, folks, that's where we have to come to, the end of ourself. Maybe not physically, but we come to the end of ourself. Now, I know tonight that some could say, well, you know, you make it sound so easy. No, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy when you're living it. It's not easy when it's you that are up all through the night. It's not easy when your phone rings and it's not easy when, when your bills come due and the money's not there. It's not easy whenever you have to watch your loved ones go through the pain and the heartache and the suffering and there's really nothing that you can do except try to make them comfortable. It's not easy sometimes. But God tells us just, just obey me. Just, just worship me. Just follow me. Just keep on serving me. Just keep on being that witness. Just keep on loving me. Keep on being faithful. Because I'm about to show you something that you're never even going to believe. The Bible says, Eyes is not seen, ears is not heard. It's never even entered in the heart of man what God has prepared for us. It's our time to say, it's our time to say, my God is able to deliver me. My God is able to deliver my loved one. I, I, that preacher down there last night, man, I thought, man, if you don't sit down, I'm going to go through the roof. <laughs> he said, um, my wife was talking about how sick she had been and the things that she had been through some. And he said, my wife... Uh, just looking to go home. She's just looking to find that place. She's just looking to cross over. And, and I was just thinking, you know, it's settled in their heart. They're not arguing about it. They're not fussing about it. They're not blaming God. They're not pointing God, pointing their finger in God's face. They're just going with God and just believing Him. And I was thinking as he was standing up there uh, talking and he just pouring his heart out. Folks, 
we used to preach about things and we heard about them across the land. We heard about them in other countries. But now they're in our homes. They're in our land. They're the, the things that we used to think, well, that'll never happen here. They're here. And folks, we've got to get it settled in our heart that we just going to, we just, it's our turn. God, whatever happens, we're going to stay with you. Thinking about him there, and, and I was thinking, coming up the road about uh, some folks in the church, you know, when the things that they're going through, the sicknesses and the pain and the heartache, and, the, and some people need jobs, and some people need a physical touch, some need a financial touch, some need, some need, we all need to get closer to God. And, you know, and the preachers are preaching his heart out, and he's studying, he's praying, and he's doing everything he can do to help to lead the church and lead us toward Him and to do what God would have us to do and just to think, folks, where we're headed to. Let's don't take our eyes off that big picture. We're headed somewhere and we're going somewhere. And God says, you just, you just, you just stay with me. You just keep on keeping on. You just keep on doing what you've been doing. Just keep on obeying me. Just keep on worshiping me. Just keep on following me. Just keep on serving me. Just keep on being a witness for me. Just keep on loving and being faithful to me. Because I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to show you things that you never even dreamed that you would ever see. See, the greatest testimony influence to this world is our changed life and a consistent life. We say we love God. We've got to put them boots on and wear them. You can't stand at the job place and talk about how much you love Jesus. And, and all the good things that goes on around the house of God. And then fly off the hand and cuss like a sailor and get mad and stomp and do all that kind of stuff. You can't go out and throw rocks at your neighbor's house and call them everything under the sun and then somebody may, oh yeah, praise God, I love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it don't work. They'll throw rocks at you and you deserve them. So folks, tonight, that's, let's just remember, God's able. God's able. But if He don't do exactly what we think He ought to do, let's just trust Him. That's all I got. Amen. Let's all stand.